What's up, everybody? <clears throat> What's going on? Uh, today, we're going to talk about making money on, and how people make money without working. Uh, I don't know about any of you, but uh, when I grew up, I was taught that if you wanted money, you had to go to work. If you wanted money, you had to go get a job. Well, I found this interesting article today that talks about seven ways that men are making money without going to work. So I thought I might break this down for you. Give the Dr. Boyce breakdown of it all. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. This is theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor on theblackfinancialchannel.com. We talk about black economics and black wealth all day long, every day. We are obsessed with black wealth, black wealth, black wealth. And we talk about it as much as 10 times a day because. In order for you to reach your uh, greatness, uh, you have to be obsessed with it. I believe that in order for us to achieve equality and beyond or close the racial wealth gap, it's going to take obsession from the smartest of us to get the job done. Uh, we also believe in the B1 philosophy. B1 means we are black first. Black first means that we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first means that we understand we must be one to be successful. That means working on building and maintaining and repairing healthy relationships with other black people you can build with. B1 also means that by the year 2070, our children, B1 children, are going to lead the world when it comes to wealth, economics, real estate, uh, acquisition, and everything in between. If you agree with that philosophy, put a B1 in the chat. Hashtag B in the number one. That's the calling card. Uh, hey, Neville Caldwell, how are you? Marky Mark, I see you. Deborah Taylor, Symphony Dench, and uh, Tijuana Robinson. How many of you are coming to the All Black National Convention? If any of you are coming to the All Black National Convention, put a yes in the chat. Let me know if you're coming to the convention uh, because it's going to be really awesome. It's at the end of October in Orlando, and you can learn more at allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, we got a big roster of really intelligent black people who are going to be there helping you solve problems in your life, but also helping us solve problems as a community. So, Anita, I see you, and Miami Soldier, I'm going to give you a hug when I see you, brother, and, and uh, everybody else is coming. I can't wait to see you. And if you can't make it physically, we do have digital tickets, but I would encourage you to come physically because uh, because that's where you're going to get access to all the breakout sessions and all the private groups, crypto clubs, everything else. So anyway, let me get let me get a crack in here. Hit the thumbs up button. OK, so I was reading this article today about uh, ways that people are making money uh, in this economy without working. And I thought it would be interesting. I said, you know, let me just share this with my people so that we can um, kind of see how folks are getting paid and uh, what's going on. And so. Uh, I'm gonna share. I'm gonna split my screen over here real quick. Uh, give me a yes in the chat if you can still hear me. Give me a yes. Let me know you can still hear me. I'm in an airport. I'm actually uh, about to get on a flight, and uh, the room's a little hollow. So I hope you guys can hear me okay. All right. So uh, this is on Yahoo Finance, and it's an article written by uh, a guy named Andy Sewer with Max Zan, and it says seven ways men live without working in America. And so I'm just gonna jump to the chase and explain. Um, uh, I'll just give you the, the list and then I just kind of give you a little quick Dr. Boyce breakdown of what I'm seeing. Number one is unemployment insurance. They said, let's start with this one because it's a hot button issue. Conservatives and some liberals, too, have made the claim the state unemployment aid coupled with $600 a week from the CARES Act, which is rolled out in March 2020, has reduced men's need to work. 
There are actually a variety of social programs at play, spelled out nicely here by the think tank, the Century Foundation, which estimates the overall programs, the overall these programs have pumped $800 billion into the economy. We'll be getting a good read on whether all this relief did suppress employment now that the CARES Act ended for some 7.5 million Americans earlier this month. But as Yahoo Finance's Danita Teskova reported here and here, uh, states that ended federal aid programs didn't see big increases in employment. That may mean these payments really weren't enough to live off of. So uh, so that's the first one, right? So they're talking about the CARES Act and um, this extra money they pumped into the economy. A lot of people are complaining because they're saying that it's uh, made people not want to go back to work. But one of the reasons that the, uh, you know, the, 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 the big fish in the capitalist system have to take some responsibility for that is because you haven't paid your workers a living wage. Uh, you haven't been uh, allowing increases in the minimum wage that are consistent with inflation. Uh, there is a housing problem all across America, particularly in places like Oakland, where it's too expensive for people to even get apartments now. It's really getting bad um, around the world. This is an issue. And so these wealth gaps, you know, are, are sort of making people say, well, well, why should I sacrifice my life in order for you to have a more profitable company? So um, I don't blame people that don't want to go to work. Um, you know, that's just that's kind of what it is. Now, angry bus driver, Boyce is going to scam you. Oh, that's a great comment. I see that. I like that. Uh, I'm going to have to block you up out of here, brother. But uh, but yeah, but just in case you want to know, uh, there are people out here that say silly, silly negative things. We, we, we kick them out. Uh, this is not a place that I am begging anybody to hang out in. This is an, a privilege to be here. It's not a, uh, a right. So you come in talking crazy. We're going to bump you up out of here. All right. So uh, the next one says early retirement pensions, disability and lawsuits. That's another way that people are living without working. So it says, admittedly, this is a bit of a hodgepodge. And as is the case with many of these categories, hard data is tough to come by. But it is the case that millions of men under 64 are at least partly living off of pensions and 401ks. This would include everything from C-suite executives to union members. And don't forget municipal workers who make up almost 14% of the U.S. workforce. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, there are some 6,000 public sector retirement systems in the U.S., Collectively, these plans have $4.5 trillion in assets, with 14.7 million working members and 11.2 million retirees. So uh, th that's the second category. A lot of people are living off of early retirement, pension, dif disabilities, and lawsuits. And one of the things I found, I actually keep this um, app on my phone uh, from the U.S. Debt Clock. And let me see if I can find the app uh, because it's really fascinating because I, I was really stunned. When I saw it has a whole bunch of demographics about the United States, and I was really stunned by how many people work for the government. I don't know if you all knew this or not, but uh, but let me see here. The U.S. population is three hundred and thirty two point six million. Right. You got that. You know, give me a yes if you if you can still hear me. OK. All right. So uh, the U.S. population is three hundred and thirty two million. The workforce is one hundred and fifty three million. Right. So a little less than half of the population is in the workforce. Um, and the number of private sector jobs is about 120 million. Uh, the number of government employees is 22 million. So uh, let me see, 150 million. So about 15, 16% of the population works for the government, of the working population. 15, 16% of the workforce uh, works for the government. And uh, if you want to know some other interesting little stats about the United States, the median income. I want, let's do a guess right now. What would y'all guess is the median, median, not the average, the median income in the United States? 
Give me, give me a guess. I'm gonna play the Jeopardy music while y'all guess. Do 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 bring Okay, I think Dorothea cheated. She got the exact right number. It's thirty five thousand dollars a year. Uh, I, I think I think Dorothea Googled it real quick. You see, y'all been there cheating. Why, what you, why are you in there cheating, girl? All right, so Bernard said 44. Joseph said 20. Uh, Dexter said 80. Okay, so Dexter's probably rich. So the uh, yeah, the average income in the United States right now, median income, is $35,645 a year, um, in, in which, which I thought was really interesting. There are 55.8 million retirees in the United States. There are half a million homeless people. Uh, if you look at drug deaths last year, there were 94,760 people that died from drugs, which was probably high because of the pandemic, right? They, these are the unintended, unintended consequences. And out of uh, 332 million, about 29.8 million people are living in poverty. There are 18.7 million millionaires in the United States. That's crazy, right? 18.7 million people that are millionaires. That's insane. Holy crap. Uh, college tuition average is 24289 which is about where my son uh, is paying. Uh, well, we're helping him pay it, but we kept the tuition low. He, he went to the University of Louisville, and uh, the tuition per year is about, about that much. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I can give you some other little stupid facts, but it's a really cool app, and it gives you a lot of interesting information. Another little interesting little tidbit is that the U.S. national debt is almost at $30 trillion. It is at $28.7 trillion. That is $86,502 per citizen. So all y'all owe $86,502. Your kids, each of your kids, if you got three kids, they owe $86,000 a piece. Your spouse owes $86,000. Debt per taxpayer is $228,000. The U.S. federal budget, uh, the budget, uh, sorry, federal revenue uh, is about $3 trillion. The total spending is about $6.8 trillion. So it's just, I mean, Man, we screwed, yo. Seriously. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. And by the way, I'll be speaking in Baltimore next week. So if you'd like to join us, you can go to drboycebaltimore.com. I'm going to be giving a speech on the black business mindset. So if you'd like to meet in person, uh, share a hug and, and handshake and everything else, feel free to go, uh, go to drboycebaltimore.com. I'd love to see you. All right. So here's uh, the next area, the next area that people are living without going to work. Uh, so we mentioned uh, early retirement, pensions, disability, and lawsuits. We mentioned unemployment insurance. And now we've got saving, trading stocks, and Bitcoin. They said, consider consider now men are living off savings or from money made in the market or maybe even selling in NFTs. How many is exactly? Is it exactly? Well, who knows? But quite a few for sure. First off, Americans on average do have some money in the bank. Savings as a percentage of disposable income, according to the Federal Reserve of Kansas City, hit a record high of 33%. Wow, savings as a percentage. Of, so people are saving 33% of their income. Now that's, uh, and they said it is still at 14% or nearly twice as high as it was prior to the pandemic. So this was another interesting little side effect of the pandemic. The pandemic actually increased the savings rate. I mean, how many of you, give me a yes or no, how many of you found that that you saved a lot of money not going to work, that, that you didn't have to go spend as much money on food, you didn't have to spend as much money on clothes, you didn't have to spend as much money on gas, you didn't have to spend any money on the babysitter, you didn't have to spend money on all the stuff you had to spend money on in order to go to work every day. How many of y'all noticed that during the pandemic? 
Because I'm going to tell you, um, I'm going to tell you a little secret. I, I'm not going to say, I'm not pretending like I'm no visionary or nothing, but I have a PhD, so I guess I'm, I should know something, right? And I figured that out a long time ago. I literally, back in 2001, was calling my grandma and I said, people don't understand how much time and money they waste going to work every day. When I got my job at Syracuse University when I was 30 years old, I, that's pathetic, right? I Actually, I signed my contract two weeks before my 30th birthday. I said, this is so pathetic to be in school this long. I got to have a job before I'm 30. This is just embarrassing. So I signed my first contract with Syracuse University when I was 29.9 years old. And I my salary was $115,000 a year. And the white people were really jealous because I did not know I was the highest paid assistant professor on campus and the highest paid associate professor on campus. And I wasn't even an associate yet. You got to get tenure to be an associate professor. So you can imagine how jealous some white folks were, but I don't care. I, I'll take all your money. You can just be mad. I'd rather be hated than be a hater. So that's what it's going to be. But I used to call my grandma, rest her soul, Felicia. That's her name. I love her to death. Well, she's dead. So I guess I love her to life or something. I don't know. Anyway, my grandmother, I used to call her and I used to say, I said, Momo, people don't understand how much money and time we waste going to work every day. Like I, I became a time management like Jedi. Like I really remember meditating at 19, 20 years old, trying to figure out how can I find as much time as possible to achieve my goals? What are all the little things in my life that I can get rid of? that will help me to achieve my goals. And I started noticing things like how much time people spent wasted going to parties and step shows. Parties were boring. They would just stand around and try to talk to each other over the music. I was like, I don't wanna do that. I'd rather be working on my goals. Uh, I started noticing how much time people wasted at the office, standing by the water cooler with stupid conversations or people coming up, right? So I deliberately, when I took that job at Syracuse, deliberately went to Syracuse because I wanted to get a place that was 13 minutes away from campus and I also wanted a place that didn't have any traffic. And I wanted to teach at a school where I only had to go into work twice a week because I knew at that time it was going to save me a lot of time and a lot of money because I wouldn't have to waste thousands of hours on nonsense. Like people don't even understand if you live in a big city like D.C. and New York, do you know that you spend thousands of hours of your life just in traffic alone? Add it up. Add it up. One day, just do the math. Imagine somebody, my homeboy used to have an hour commute each way in D.C. He was making good money, making six figures, but he never saw his kids. And he took those two hours a day, added it up for the course of a year. Two hours a day, 10 hours a week, 50 weeks a year, 500 hours a year times 10. That's 5,000 hours every decade. If he did that over 40 years, that's 20,000 hours he would spend just in traffic. Right. So ultimately, these little things are things that people started noticing during the pandemic. And I'm glad you're noticing that because there is something to that. All right. So let me keep going. Uh, do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Share. Subscribe button. My Instagram is on there, too. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is the real voice Watkins. Feel free to follow. Just know I mean, I usually I'll probably piss you off at least once a week. But that's me challenging your thinking because I'm not here to have you put in a box. I want you to think outside the box. All right. So next. The next way that men are making money without working is working for cash under the table in the under table under the table economy. A study by the Federal Reserve of St. Louis estimates that the average size of the informal economy, that's as they call it, in developed countries is about 13 percent of GDP. Honestly, that could be off by by many percentage points. But just to give you a ballpark, GDP in the U.S. is about twenty two trillion dollars. So 13 percent is two point eight six trillion dollars. As it turns out. 
2 trillion plus is a number that has been thrown around quite a bit when it comes to estimating the size of the cash economy in the US. Even if half that money is paid out to women, that still leaves say a trillion dollars being made by men off the books. So what they're saying is that a lot of money is being made through underground economies. Like, you know, when you go, like when Alicia goes and gets her hair done, you know, the the hairdresser who, uh, I think the lady's from Africa, the lady that does her braids, you know, a lot of people know somebody from Africa who does their braids, it seems. I don't know, I'm not, but I don't know much about hair. I, don't, I didn't got no hair, but you know, I don't think the lady, I don't think they do a formal transaction. I think it's just like, hey, here's your cash and that's it, right? So there's a lot of money being made in this underground economy. What's the next area? They said illegal work. So a lot of, a lot of dudes out here hustling. They said, uh, according to the Washington Post, overdose deaths hit 93,000 last year, up a stunning 30% from 2019. So, you know, when they're talking about the effects of the pandemic, you cannot forget drug overdoses and mental health issues. That's been a huge, 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 huge problem in this country. Most of the overdoses were attributed to opioids, heroin, synthetic opioids like OxyContin, and in particular fentanyl. Fentanyl, which they claim, they're claiming that played a part in uh, the death of your boy from The Wire, uh, Michael K. Williams, right? Well, I don't know, but that's what they were saying. So, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I, I wish his family the best. This despite drug dealers facing supply chain issues during COVID. So even drug dealers have supply chain problems, uh, just like, you know, meat suppliers and everybody else. Uh, how many Americans are in this business and who are they? A number is almost impossible to come by. But as, as for who they are, a government report on drug trafficking arrests from five years ago notes that, quote, the majority of drug trafficking offenders were male, 84.9 percent. The average age of these offenders at sentencing was 36 years old. 70 percent were U.S. citizens. OK. And almost half, 49.4 percent of drug traffickers had little or no prior criminal history. How big a business is selling drugs? It could be as much as 100 billion dollars. Uh, so, so that's another one. The, the last one they list here is living off the land. Living off the land, that includes gardening, fishing, hunting, clamming, burying, and just general foraging. The numbers here seem to be climbing. Uh, from The Guardian, they said that fishing and hunting license sales increased 10% in California during the pandemic, reversing years of decline. Clamming has grown in popularity for several reasons. People are looking for safe activities to do outdoors. And also, uh, some are clamming for substance uh, and trying to get money without selling the shellfish. See, I don't know. I don't I don't think black people do a lot of clamming. I think this is like a white people thing. But then again, maybe I'm being racist by saying that. But either way, a lot of people are living off the land. And, uh, and I think that that's really an interesting trend that I've seen evolve through time as people have learned have over this pandemic gained an increased distrust for the government. Uh, they don't believe the government's going to have their back. Uh, I don't believe the government's going to have my back. So one of the things I did was I got together with my homeboy and I said, hey, man, let's put together a survival kit. Can you help me? Find the supplies I will need so that my family can survive in case things go off the grid, in case they drop a nuclear weapon in downtown Chicago, or in case something happens and, and, and I can't depend on the government to get food and water and things for my family. So I encourage you to kind of think about those things. Um, and actually, we've been processing that a lot. That was you know, among my conversations with people like Queen of Fool and others. Ooh, by the way, I think Queen of Fool is going to come to the All Black National Convention. I hope she makes it. She's a really amazing lady. <clears throat> and also in the Black Business School, there's a program at HealthyBlackFood.com. Uh, Farmer Brown, the MC, is an expert at growing and growing your own food. He actually taught my wife how to make potatoes in a bucket. I didn't even know that she knew about them, but uh, but she's kind of my litmus test. She knew about Farmer Brown. She knew about Queen of Four. And I didn't even know these things, and I've known her for a long time. And uh, so anyway, if you're interested, feel free to go take a look at HealthyBlackFood.com. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. I'm going to give you a couple other thoughts on this. 
Um, a couple things that they didn't really drill into uh, are uh, things that involve not so much being like, like, like in a state where you're not working, but a lot of people are in a state where they're semi-employed or they are self-employed, right? I think being semi and self-employed is actually better than making all your money without doing anything. Because I'm going to just tell you, I get bored as shit. I don't know about y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I get bored as hell when I have nothing to do. Like, that was the worst midlife crisis I ever had was when I realized I didn't have to work anymore. And I was like, okay, I got to find something to do. So that's why y'all see me doing weird stuff like playing Call of Duty with my son. Because I was like, man, I got to find something constructive to do because I don't want to just sit there and whittle away and die, right? So there's millions of people, millions of you out here. Give me a yes in the chat if you are self-employed or semi-employed. And all these avenues can be beneficial, right? Think of it like a Swiss Army knife. You remember Swiss Army knives where you had all these different options you could use for a knife? Well, I want you to kind of think of it uh, making your money as one of those things where you might, you know, make a, you, you have a lot of ways to skin that cat. Uh, the biggest thing to understand about economics, in my view, is that you don't have to live in this stupid little world where you make all your money from one source and it's from some big corporation being run by your oppressor. That's kind of a recipe for absolute disaster if you're black. Seriously, that's a recipe for complete disaster. I mean, think about it. I mean, the, the person that hates you the most, the people that have oppressed you the most and harmed you the most are the ones you depend on the most to get your money. How in the hell are you going to be a free black man? When they got you positioned like a slave, they got you by every inch of your testicles. Ain't nothing you can do. You can't stand up, can't speak up, can't do nothing because they're going to take your money away. Well, you know, that's where being semi-employed, uh, that's where having side hustles comes into play. Um, I love being self-employed. That was the best move I ever made. Um, there are a lot of people that are doing little things like maybe running their YouTube channels, making a little bit of money. In fact, some of these people, I see them out there, you know, they, they'll put my name in a video and talk smack about me. And I, and I actually am happy for them because... They, um, you know, that, that because it, I guess putting my name in a video gets people to watch your video, then that's cool. You know, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's, it is what it is, right? But, but there are people that make money from YouTube channels. Um, there are people that have little Shopify stores that sell little products. Um, there was actually a woman in the black business school who actually uh, realized that she could make CMOS really well. And I've been meaning to have her on the channel so y'all can meet her, but she's a friend of my wife's. And uh, she didn't realize that the CMOS she was making was in high demand, that everybody wanted it. And, and somebody said, yeah, that could be a business. So she actually had taken a class in the black business school on how to start a business and started selling CMOS on her Facebook page. And now that she's selling so many, uh, so many, you know, so much CMOS, uh, off her Facebook page, she's literally quit her job. Her husband quit his job and her son quit his job because they're all sitting around making CMOS all day. So just that little thing, finding that one little thing that people want can be a great way to make more money. There are people that have jumped into the gig economy. Um, the gig economy is uh, is big, uh, you know, with Fiverr and Upwork and all that, where people are doing little jobs for people for certain amounts of money. We hire on there all the time. Uh, so and then the other piece that they don't talk about in this article is automation. Uh, you know, we had Chris Davis on not too long ago. Chris Davis is a brother. Um, you know, th th there was a brother who um, who came in uh, and actually spoke in the black business school. And he's one of the leading automation experts in the world. And Chris talked about how you can automate your business where you're making money in your sleep. And so uh, actually, Chris is going to be at the all black national convention. I just got him to sign on. And so uh, if you want to join us, he's doing a special session on Monday. Now, this is part of the VIP pass, uh, but if you want to come to the convention 
and hang out with Chris on, on Monday. He is doing a special session on business automation and how he got off the corporate plantation, all that stuff. So feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's the URL. All right, guys. Well, that was it. That was all I wanted to share. I just saw this article. I thought it would be worth kind of talking about. Uh, I'm going to follow up. For those of you that are in the Black Stock Market program, uh, we meet again Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can actually leave me your questions, and I will research those questions and answer them for you. And uh, and so uh, until then, uh, please have a good night, and I will talk to you soon. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Peace.